Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast, brought to you by Tethered, the world's best saddle hunting equipment, and we have a fun show for you all today. What's up, everybody? On this week's episode, I was joined by the one and only Ike Eastman, the president of Eastman's Publishing, host of Beyond the Grid, and Eastman's Hunting Journal Podcast. What a fun conversation I had with Ike, and a chance for not only myself, but all of you listening to really hear a quick family history of how Eastman's hunting journal started out and a whole lot more. Kicking this episode off, Ike introduces himself and gives a quick family backstory from when his grandfather began the business and how it has grown into what it is today from beginning with creating films shown in school theaters to magazines to what we are consuming today. Ike shares how adapting over time has helped him adapt in certain situations when it comes to preparing for a hunt or during a hunt and also his business. Ike shares his daily inspiration and other personal improving stories that I think we all could learn from. From here, we get into what Eastman's has in store this upcoming year and beyond. They just released Tag Hub 2.0. This is also partnered with Spartan Forge. This tool has all new updated features, and Ike shares how this tool can help hunters be more efficient and really understand the process of coming out west to be better hunters. There are also videos, blogs, and courses that are available on this new version. We get into some new hunts that we will get a chance to watch here soon on his Beyond the Grid show and discuss his goals with his podcast moving forward. It was truly an honor to have Ike on, and I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I hope you do as as much as I did. Check it out and let me know what you think. Enjoy this fun episode, everybody. Antler up. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tethered produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. America's Best Bowstrings has been manufacturing high-quality custom bowstrings in the USA since 2006. America's Best Bowstrings strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection, and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. What's going on, everybody? We're live, and on today's show, I'm joined by President of Eastman's Publishing, Overseas Eastman Hunting TV, as well as the host of the Eastman's Journal podcast, Ike Eastman. 
Ike, pleasure having you on today. How are you doing? Good. Very, very good, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's finally spring here in Wyoming. It's a beautiful day, so I'm in a good mood today. It's it's fun. It's <laughs> it's a good time when your grass is starting to get green, and and uh, we had a beautiful thunderstorm last night, and so yeah, good good stuff. Thanks for having me. Oh man, it's a great pleasure having you on. And and a thunderstorm here in Pennsylvania right now. We are. It's June seventh, so by the time this airs, I'm not sure. Hopefully by then we will have seen rain. Because it seems like it's been non-existent for the last three, four weeks. It's crazy. Well, if it's uh, if if the weather's if our patterns are the same, which usually they're close, uh, you, you'll get one in about two weeks from here. There's <laughs> we've been getting thunderstorms every night, and and you know getting probably we probably have had an inch of rain in the last two weeks, which is a lot for us considering our whole rain content, moisture content for a whole year, seven inches wow. uh, where I live. So. We live in a high desert. Yeah, that is that is uh, not a not a very lot. Well, Ike, what's going on, man? What's what's new with you? You got a lot going on with uh, Eastman's uh, Tag Hub two two which we'll get into. But I guess before we dive right into things, you know, obviously me being in Pennsylvania on the East Coast, I got a lot of listeners that do come out west, but maybe some other listeners that don't. You know, I guess give a that elevator speech of who you are and and uh, where you're coming from, man. Yeah, so um, I'll start with the family. Uh, I'm third generation in the outdoor industry. Uh, my grandfather, Gordon Eastman, started filming uh, in, in Alaska in 1957, and he was filming wildlife uh, without audio. It was just, just video, and, or it was film back then. And they, he'd bring it down to lower 48, and he would live narrate it in like the high school auditorium and stuff to hundreds of people. In fact, I still get guys, 70-year-old guys that walk up to me say man I watched your grandfather when I was a kid I watched some of that stuff and he's really the one that inspired me to to start hunting and start you know enjoying the outer doors like I do now I've passed that on to my kids and my grandkids it's really fun Um, but he started doing that in 1957 he started and then he was making theatricals in the 60s and 70s uh, did some filming he did a lot of wildlife filming for Walt Disney and then um, in the 80s the the video store started springing up for like those that don't know blockbuster or that stuff. There was a video store in every little town and yep. you would walk in on a Friday night and you'd rent, you know, you'd rent lethal weapon or you would rent Eastman's and yep. take it home and watch it. And so, um, they were selling these, these, these theatricals. I think there was 13 of them and to all these video stores. And my dad was helping my grandfather do that. My dad to start him off was you know, he grew up, we, he grew up in Wyoming here and loved the outer doors, loved taking photos, loved hunting. And he became a specialist in mule deer hunting. Actually, he just absolutely loved that, um, during high school and then got out of high school, had not a lot of direction. He guided, uh, for one of the old time outfitters, uh, for one year. And then basically got told, listen, you're going to do something, kid, the military might be for you. And so he went into uh, Vietnam and spent two tours there, uh, did some crazy stuff, was a door gunner and, and uh, special ops. He actually got kicked out of, he had a top secret <laughs> clearance because he got kicked out of uh, nuclear demolition school wow. because he asked the question of, wait a minute, uh, you you taught us how to set the bomb. You've taught us how to, where to put it, all the stuff, but you never taught us how to get out of there. And the guy goes, you're asking too many questions, basically <laughs> meaning there is no exit plan for you. Yeah. <laughs> Sit back, enjoy the show. 
Um, so they, they dumped him into just regular infantry and, and he became a door gunner and a bunch of other stuff, but got out of Vietnam. Um, and he started outfitting in Jackson and him and his brother owned, uh, two camps and they took tons of clients on mule deer was a specialty, but they'd hunt deer and elk and all this stuff. Fast forward to the eighties. Um, the outfitting business changed. Jackson hole became, it used to be a sleepy little town that, you know, was literally one of the, the cheapest counties. Uh, most, uh, he always says this, it was one of the most, um, poorest counties in Wyoming and one of the poorest counties out West because there was nothing to do in the winter. There was no way to make a living there. And so they built ski hills. Well, in the eighties, it took off, you know, that's when Harrison Ford moved there and all these actors and stuff. And he was building houses and went broke during the housing bubble at 87. And so he started helping my grandfather sell these films all over the West. In fact, he's probably been to the town that you live in. He's, there is not a little town, especially in Pennsylvania, that he has not been in. Right. Um, and so he was sitting at the Harrisburg show, actually. He was peddling yep. these videos. And he kept getting guys coming up to him, asking him, you know, to find out he was from out west and they'd ask him how you know how do i i want to hunt elk or i want to hunt deer i want to go out west i just really want to do this and so he just put together a frequently asked question sheet so that he could hand this to these guys and then they'd get out of his booth he could sell more videos right right right. well the sheet turned into a two-page sheet which turned into what is what was known as mike eastman's outdoorsman it was a newsletter yeah that then turned into eastman's hunting journal so in 1987 the outdoorsman was started and then um, he, you know, moved this into uh, the, the, I guess, the flagship, which is Eastman's Hunting Journal, which still today does the same thing. It just helps guys learn how to hunt out west and become better hunters. We have a whole section in the back of it, which we call the MRS, which is Members Research Section, which we'll discuss that because that's really what what started Tag Hub. Um, but then... In 1999, uh, he started the Bow Hunting Journal, so Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal. And then in 2000, he started the TV show on the Outdoor Channel. Um, and, you know, it's kind of went forward. Then in, in 2003, um, my parents don't have high school education. They just have high school education. In fact, if you ask my dad, he'd say, I don't even have a high school education. I was a half a credit short, and they didn't want me anymore, so they kicked me out. <laughs> Gave me a diploma and said, go to the military, kid. But, yep. <laughs> so... The, the business was starting to grow to a size that they, they needed some help, some professional help. And I was, um, at the time I graduated in 2001, um, from the university here in Wyoming. And I, I was, I was a banker. I was actually a credit analyst. Okay. Um, and so all of the loans, if you go into the bank and do a loan, there's actually some guy in a cubicle somewhere that's tearing apart all your financials and everything and analyzing them and then giving it to the loan officer and saying, yeah, I think we can do this. Anyway, th- that was me. And so I did that for a number of years for one of the, the big banks about here. And so I had a lot of financial knowledge and a lot of, um, I also worked on the marketing team for that just because my mind works that way. And uh, so he called me and said, is there any way you could come back and help us go to the next step, take this to the next level? And, you know, how do you, how do you say no to right. your parents? Number right. one, number two, it's a family business. That's like my little brother. Like, yeah, sure. I guess I'll, you know, take this hiatus and do this. And so in 2003, I came back and started running the company for him. And uh, my brother was already here and he was running all the creative stuff. He's really, really creative and um, a hell of a hunter himself. 
And so then in 2008, my parents, um, they got to a certain age. They're like, we, we need to do something with this and we're either going to sell it to you guys or we're going to sell it to someone else. And so my brother and I put a plan together to buy it from them. And then in 2016, I bought it, but bought my brother's shares out as he's still with us and still consults, but he doesn't do the day-to-day stuff. Um, you know, he, people don't realize how old he is. He's significantly older than I am. <laughs> so, um, I won't tell the number cause yep. he would die cause yep. he does. He looks about a third that age, but, um, so I bought it in 2016 and, and I'm running it. And so in 2010, uh, after we purchased it, I was seeing, you know, we had, went through a, a market bubble pop and people were going, Oh, Prince dead. And you know, the traditional media is dead. And uh, so I started transitioning, it came, it came to the conclusion that the, the information that we have is still solid information. It's just how we deliver it mm-hmm. needs to change because people are consuming it different ways. They're consuming it via emails They're consuming versus um, blogs. YouTube was a, you know, brand new thing. Yep. So um, people were consuming the same things, just different ways, uh, you know, through different medias. And so I transitioned the company into this more of a digital world and started our YouTube channel that has 250,000 subscribers. And I think it's, 170 million views or some crazy thing. And, and we started the, the online email presence and a digital version of our magazine. We still do the printed version. Guys love that when they get yeah. it in the mail, it's, you know, something yeah. concrete, something they can touch, feel, turn their phone off, ignore the kids and, and read full article. Um, so we still do all the traditional stuff, but we also have the digital. And then in 2017 or 18, I, um, I, Scott Reekers, who, you know, works with me. And he, he came to me and said, Hey, um, one of our staff writers, Brian Barney, who's a hell of a hunter started a podcast. I go, what is a podcast? I don't know <laughs> a podcast. And he explains that I go, Oh, so it's like radio. He goes, no, it's a podcast. I'm like, but it's just like radio. Right. Right. But you're delivering it a different way. He goes, well, okay. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. just a talk show. You're right. It's just a talk show. Yeah. I said, well, let's, let's try this. And so, um, Brian came down and, and we worked out, struck a deal and, and started the podcast. Now we have six of them. We have uh, Eastman Elevated, which is the flagship. His, uh, We have a Predator Pros. Eastman's Predator Pros is all predator hunting. We have Western Huntsman, which Jim does a really good job in tackling issues like the big corner crossing type issues. He, yep. He's he really is trying to get somebody from the wolf activist uh, group to get on his podcast and argue about wolves. That's what, you know, something yep. that he's really trying to do. Um, and then of course my podcast, which is Eastman's podcast edition. And that's where I interview guys like you and just find out where you came from and, and what makes you tick and try and get some knowledge out of you that my audience or an audience would be interested in and, and learn something. Um, then we have a wingman uh, podcast, which is all wing shooting, upland game, uh, waterfowl, that stuff. Uh, Todd does a really good job with that and the online series, uh, video series. Um, and he he's done some really cool things. He got a puppy here a couple years ago. And so he documented training the dog yeah. to where the dog is amazing now. Um, we actually drove down to Mississippi and picked the dog up and did a road trip. It was kind of cool. Um, so yeah, that's, that was not the elevator speech unless we were no, that's in the perfect. state building. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what, what the one word, as you're saying all this that I'm thinking about, and then I think really molds the individual that you are, the, the type of business that you run 
And I would uh, go out on a limb and say the type of hunter you are, you're able to adapt, right? Because yeah. it started, like you said, with your grandfather in the 50s, in the 60s, and you know what I mean? And it kept building. You had to adapt to the times of what's happening. Yes. And it's not a easy thing to do, especially like you like you were doing for for the banking is this person am i giving him a loan or she alone that's gonna change their life for the positive or is it gonna really hinder them their, the way they live so i mean that probably that word of being able to adapt is something that you're pretty pretty good at well, i don't know if we're pretty good at it but uh <laughs> it, it comes from the survivalist right yep. if, you, if you're just trying to survive you have to adapt and overcome whatever situation you're in and, and you have to be able to surround yourself with people that will do that with you. Cause a lot of people um, resist change. And I'm here to tell you, uh, we change this organization constantly. Um, you know, we were, we had a conversation about an hour ago, this whole AI thing scares me as a, as a, as a mid forties, this whole thing scares me. But, but I sat back last night as I was watching this thunderstorm and I said, what would my 25 year old version of me do? And I would embrace it because it is, there is positives to it. There is some opportunities inside that technology that we can take advantage of as humans. Hopefully it never goes to the point where, you know, Terminator, right. the movie Terminator does, right. but there is some opportunities. And if you don't adapt and utilize them, someone else is going to do it. And when they do, that just puts you further and further behind on the, on the, on the, uh, you know, the food line. And so we're going to do some stuff with AI, which will be fun. Um, small at first. Cause right. the other thing about adapting is you don't do big things quick. You do small things slowly and they turn out to be big things. I didn't, do all the podcasts at once. We started with one to make sure that the people still listen to the radio just got delivered to their phone. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy to see how podcasts develop because I mean, even as a podcaster myself, I go through phases where I'll drive to work. And, and even to this day, there's only a few that I still listen to as far as hunting goes. And it's, it's not because I don't like them. It's because I also don't want to put something in my, my brain where I kind of gurgitate something. I yes. want to try to keep it as original as possible. So that's kind of my thought process. I'll listen to more of like self-improvement or uh, a Rogan podcast here and there, depending yeah. on, on the guest and just kind of just random stuff. Or honestly, like I'll, I'll drive over to mountain cause I have to drive about a half hour to work. Not now in the summer daily. Sometimes I drove in silence. You know, that's yeah. where I'm thinking I'm brainstorming, doing things of like, okay, this is what I need to get done today. Here's my mental checklist and whatever else. So yep. that's kind of, yep. that's kind of the way I process things with that. I, I drive, uh, a, we, of course, living out West, you drive a lot, right? We, we live a hundred miles from, from the nearest, uh, big department store of any size. So we drive a lot out here and my wife laughs she goes, do you want to listen to the radio? I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. All the voices in my head were talking. I could, I don't know if I could fit the radio in there. <laughs> That's so funny. That is good. So I, let me ask you this question before we dive into some more, some more uh, specific things about what, what you have going on. You know, what's, what's your daily inspiration? Um, honestly, my daily inspiration, uh, I'm a, I'm a God fearing and, and I, I am a big Christian. And so my daily inspiration is the world around me, honestly. And cause I believe that there's nothing new under the sun. 
But what you can do is look at the world around you and find peace and joy in the things that are around you. If it's, if it's my kids playing in the yard with, with their 4-H uh, animals, or if it's, you know, horses feeding across the, uh, my pasture, or if it's a thunderstorm last night or whatever, and just in understanding, number one, that you're little. That, that this is that this isn't about me this is about everything right. and understanding that there's beauty in everything and joy in everything and that there is opportunity constantly around you no matter what you do or who you're with you can learn somebody something from everyone and you can learn something from everything if you're just watching last night before the thunderstorm I was watching this cottontail rabbit and I think she has little ones now because the way she was feeding and she was taking stuff back in, into the, into the bars, the barberry bushes. And I feel like that, that rabbit has littles in there. Just watching how she was, you know, working her little tail off for that. Literally. Take the guesswork out of building your own arrows for this upcoming season by ordering a custom set of MMT arrows from Exodus outdoor gear. They have developed and sourced literally the most precise archery components on earth to build a tailored arrow for your hunting adventures. Just head over to Exodus's website and plug in your specifications in the arrow builder and have your custom set sent straight to your door. And use code AU12 to save 12% off your custom set over at ExodusOutdoorGear.com. It was fun. Yeah, fun. Nah, just get inspired around. Yeah, I like that. And so, like, to kind of build upon that, we we're just saying, you know, I was driving to work and, and, and you have run in your business. You know, we have these routines, right? And I feel like for me, I have my in school routine, I have my summer routine where I mm -hmm. try to accomplish things throughout the day. You know, what does that routine possibly look like for you? And where does that then translate into developing? to be ready for hunting season, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so my routine is pretty unique in the sense of the people that are surround me, but um, I work out three times a week. And so I, I get up at four in the morning and I go work out. So, because in the summers, uh, especially, but I don't change that in the winter, but in the summers, we, we live in a beautiful place. Um, lots of recreating opportunities. So between Memorial Day and Labor Day, we change our, our work schedule. We work uh, four tens, four 10-hour days, so that we have three-day weekends, so that you can actually go camping and spend three nights instead of two nights. And, you know, you get to spend three full days up there if you want to. And so I wake up four, and uh, I work out, and then, um, which usually is a strength training uh, I don't do a ton of cardio cause I'm getting to the age that my joints don't do that real well. <laughs> I've, I've had a uh, back surgery and I've had major knee uh, surgery and it's just, you know, this Western lifestyle is not fitting for, for joints. I'm telling you, yeah. I, the, the doctor told me when he did my knee, he goes, yeah, you'll, I'll be seeing you in 10 years. I was like, what? He goes, you're needed a new knee. I was like, Oh my gosh. He goes, you've, you have 25% of your knee left. You have a 60 year old's knee. Yeah. Like, wow, that's fun. Cause the other one hurts worse than this one. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so we do that and then, uh, come usually I, 
I, uh, depending on if it's winter or summer, if my kids are in school, I love to take my kids to school. One of my favorite things of every day is if I'm home, I get, you know, 20 minutes in the, in the truck with my two daughters and we have some of the best conversations in that 20 minutes. I wouldn't give that up for the world. Um, so I take them to school, drop them off, and then uh, I come to work. And usually between their school and, and our office, I usually call somebody. Um, I have like a, a string of people that we talk early in the morning. And uh, so I, it, my, my team teases me because they'll see me sitting in the parking lot in my truck for like an hour, just sitting there idling, talking to whomever it is. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, some of my guys would be like, Oh, how was, you know, how was Michael today? Or how was you know, Amigo Fred or, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. So then after that, usually we'll have, you know, meetings. I'm in a lot of meetings throughout the day, just, you know, collaborating and we have a ton of brainstorming sessions, um, that are usually impromptu. Um, and so I have a really good team that's around me that is way smarter than I am, way more capable than I am. And they do really good work. And it's fun to just be in, in those meetings and watch them do what they do really good. Um, so yeah. So then after, after work, I, there's a couple things that I do that are fun. Um, once a week, if I'm home and I'm able we go over to my brother and I go over to my dad's house nice. and um, I'll bring a 12 pack of beer and we'll sit there for a couple hours. And he loves to, because he was in the industry for so long. He just, he doesn't want to work at it, but he loves the buzz of it. You know, what's going on in the industry? What's who's this and what's that, what's the, you know, what's whatever happened to this story or that person or, or uh, you know, whatever is going on in the industry, the big Cabela's sell or you know, mergers, acquisitions, all that stuff. He yeah. loves, loves the buzz. And so I go over and get him caught up to speed and, and uh, we get to spend time because I, one thing I've learned is uh, watching my grandfather is those, those days are, they're numbered and it, being able to spend the time and, and not only just have the relationship, but gain knowledge from him and gain his understanding or his perspective on stuff is, is huge. And it's very, very important surround yourself with smart people, but don't forget the people that were, that, that you are on their shoulders that you will, that built this industry. Those guys have a ton of information that, you know, the 25 year old me wouldn't listen to, but the 45 year old me goes, you know, that's probably pretty wise. Yeah. So then we, so that's, you know, that's uh, I do that once a week. If I'm home, um, I spend a lot of time outside. Uh, we, my wife and I own a, a nice place, uh, lots of acreage and uh, we have lots of animals and we're always killing weeds or whatever it is. And uh, so I spend a lot of time, you know, working outside because that gives me peace. Uh, and if you're office dweller, one of the things that I struggle with, um, so if you're an office dweller, I apologize. But one of the things I struggle with is, is, you know, we're an outdoor company, but we are in an office a lot. Yeah. So get out outside and do something. Um, we do fun things with our team. We'll take them like a couple of years ago. I bring up uh, Fieldcraft. um, so they, what they do, Mike Glover and his team put yeah. on classes. And so I bring them up and they did, we did a whole day with my entire team and we did a pistol class. So That's everybody, awesome. yeah, everybody got to shoot a pistol. There's people that have never shot a pistol to guys that do it every day, you know, that just love that. And it was really fun to watch um, a team 
not only just, you know, hang out and be together, but learn something. And it was fun to watch some of these people that had never, you know, there's some, some gals in our office that had never, ever shot a pistol, completely freaked out, scared about the whole situation, willing to do it, but scared about it. And they were comfortable enough. And the team, you know, Glover's team put them through the paces. And by the end of the day, they were, they were, you know, shooting targets and, and moving and gunning and diving and the whole competition. And one of the gals actually won it who had never shot a gun before. That's amazing. Yeah, she, she couldn't develop any bad habits. No, she had no bad habits. Exactly. The rest of us had a ton of them. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. That's absolutely right. So there's stuff like that that we do on a, on a daily basis. Um, and, of course, there's always, uh, you know, there's always time for, for my kids and my wife. We enjoy dinner together. Um, one of the things that we try and do at least three or four times a week is, is sit down and eat and have a meal and talk about days and find out. The, my oldest is in seventh grade, so there's a pile of drama. She's a girl, so there's a pile of drama <laughs> oh, that yeah. surrounds her, and I get to find out all the gossip, <laughs> who's doing what, and shouldn't be. <laughs> exactly. So, so you've so you've been able you've been around some amazing people, let alone just in in your family, right? So, yeah. you you have that opportunity. You have the opportunity of meeting other people within the industry and outside of the industry when it comes to business stuff. You know what? Like when you think of the successful people, whether at one point they were extremely successful and something maybe happened or continuously run a successful business or whatever adventure, what are some of these common characteristics that these individuals have? Uh, yeah. Um, so have you ever heard of Dave Ramsey? Yep. Okay. So I'm a huge Dave Ramsey fan. I've, I've, uh, I've done his, his, uh, personal plans since so five, I run my business the way he runs his business. I've been to his conferences. I was to one of his first master classes ever, okay. um, met him three or four times. Um, he always says this, that if the key to success, and I, I, I added to this, but he, the key to success is making more good decisions than bad decisions. And I added, not only is it good decisions and bad decisions, but learning from the bad decisions and not repeating them. Successful people do that because you're going to fail. That happens every day. You're going to struggle. You're going to fail. But learning from that failure and not repeating it is huge in success. Um, Also, when you're making decisions, when you're trying to make those good decisions, get very wise counsel. People that, that, uh, have been there, done that and bought the t-shirt. I don't take diet advice from fat people. I'm sorry. That doesn't work. Um, so get good wise counsel so that you can make those good decisions. Um, the other thing that, you know, really successful people do is, is they understand their strengths and their weaknesses and they find people that fill those weaknesses um, and they build people around them that fill those weaknesses and that sharpen those strengths. Does that make sense? 100%. I like that. So kind of we'll transition in, into what Eastman, uh, what you have going on with tag 2.0 and everything like that. Before we do that though, you've been around some great hunters. You went on some yeah. awesome hunts with individuals who build like the ultimate hunter, like pull characteristics, like who's, who's the, your best glassing individual. Who's your best long range shot. Who's your best archer. You know, who's your best tracker. What are some of those characteristics that you could 
think of a building that ultimate hunter. Yep. So, you know, you can't, there's no way to cheat experience. Yep. Correct. Correct. So typically that ultimate hunter is in these fifties and, and you go fifties, but why wouldn't they be in their sixties or seventies? Well, because of the life cycle of a hunter, by the time they get in their mid fifty or mid sixties to early seventies, they've kind of, they've lost their, they've lost their edge, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have the killer instinct like they did. They can't see like they used to, they can't hear like they used to, they can't move like they used to. So I'd say that 50 to 55 is the pinnacle. Um, because they have a ton of data points. They've hunted for a number of years. They have a ton of data points, which gives you instinct. All instinct is, is, is thousands and thousands of, of experiences that your mind can sort out and um, put in a situation and make a decision based on those, those experiences. So he knows how to glass. He knows that this time of day, at this weather, at this altitude, you know, he has all these data points because he's been there, done that, bought the t-shirt and he can, he, so he knows where to glass. He knows how to glass. He knows if it's pointless, if they need to move, if you need to wait, how much, how, you know, how many sits do you wait before you leave? He can, he can judge if he sees something, he can judge, well, that was, you know, that I just got a glimpse of it, but that's a, that's a 150 buck versus a 180 buck. You know, all those things he can do really, really fast. Um, he's a competent shot. He's very understanding his gear because he's been through generations of gear to find the right stuff that works for him. And it may not be the stuff that works for me, but it works for him, right? His body type, his size, whatever. Um, I tell a funny story. There's a guy in our office named Todd. He's our, he's our wingman guy. And I will be freezing my tail off in a tent in a sleeping bag with, with all my puffy layers on top of me or I'm wearing them. And he's laying there on top of his sleeping bag with nothing on but a smile. And I go, I, how do you do that? He goes, well, I don't know. It's just, it's just the Norwegian in me, I guess. Like, Weirdo. But so each person is slightly different. So you have to understand that. So this, this guy is competent with his gear. He understands his, his, his weapon and how far he's competent with that and in kill zone and power, you know, he's not going to take the 130 yard shot with his bow. Cause he's not confident that that's, you know, he's not comfortable with that, with that shot. Um, he's a, he's the type of guy that has spent the time and the outdoors. And so he can tell you, yeah, we have this joke in our family. Uh, one of the things that we did on traveling is my dad would constantly ask us things like, Hey, when do porky, Hey, there's a porcupine. When do they rut? And so we would have to figure out and it would take us hours to figure out picking his brain yep. without him telling us the answer when they rut um, or certain things like, Hey, what river is this? Oh, this is a shown. Okay. What ocean? Tell me how it gets from here to what ocean. And we'd have to go through, it goes from here to the, the Yellowstone, the Yellowstone, the Mississippi, or Missouri, and Missouri, Mississippi, all in Gulf, Mexico, all that stuff on every, and I'm not talking rivers. He'd do it with cricks, yeah. which was fun. Cause we grew <laughs> up in a place where, where we were on the continental divide. There's literally a place called two oceans pass where this crick splits. You get to this point where the crick splits in half. One is called Atlantic Crick. One's called Pacific Crick. And they both go, one goes to the Atlantic and one goes to the Pacific and and so we lived in a really weird place. You had to know yeah. it wasn't always the same ocean. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
but so he understands wildlife. He understands, you know, his prey and he knows what they're doing at that time of year. He understands, you know, deer do this now, or they the elk will be doing this or it's late season and we haven't had the snow. So I need to, you know, adjust how I'm hunting, where I'm hunting. Um, and just being an outdoorsman, being able to survive out there if things go sideways, and they often do, being able to build a fire in a rainstorm, being able to, being able to, you know, find shelter. And if you, and if you lose your shelter or, or whatever, being able to survive a couple nights out there without anything. Um, yeah, that, I, I'm sure I could go on and on and on yeah. and on. It'd be a two hour podcast with a perfect hunter. And he'd look just like, he just looked like Hunter Dan from Walmart. <laughs> I like it. No, that's awesome, Ike. So that's a perfect transition, man, to what what uh, we could get re- really kind of into the nitty gritty of things. You know, Tag Hub 2.0 just launched uh, some really cool new updated features from the original one. So I guess kind of we could start that off with what is it for, for listeners of, you know, depending on what it is, because, man, I'm telling you, there's there's a lot of unknown for especially us individuals coming from a major whitetail Eastern side of things when they, we want to come out West. I know, like I said, a couple of years ago when I did, I engulfed everything uh, yeah. just, just because I wanted to be prepared, like you said. And, uh, and even though you think you are, you're not right. Especially that yeah. first trip. That's why I'm eager to get it back out there. So talk to us, let us know what tag two point tag hub 2.0 is and really where you would like to see it go and, and uh, all the features that, that it's packed with. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a little history lesson and then we'll talk about what 2.0 means. So back in the early two thousands or late nineties, actually one of the questions that would, my dad would constantly get from subscribers or hunters is I'm trying, you know, I'd like to come out West, but I don't understand the tag process. Our tag process out west is 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 unique in the sense of the way our game is managed. It's still the North American model, but the way that they manage hunting and who gets to hunt and where and when is all broke into areas or units. And they they you can apply for these units, and um, you get you know so only so many people get tags. So that's how they manage you know the 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 loss or the 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 um, the death portion of this conservation and you know, there's over counter options. There's places that are harder to draw and easier to draw all these things. And there's, I think there's a hundred and 130. I think I, I know there's 160 antelope units in Wyoming alone. So, wow. th- and then, and, and, and they do the same thing with each species and every state does it slightly unique. And so it's very confusing. There's a ton of information, but it's not readily available because the states don't make it readily available for whatever reason, if it's on purpose or not. I don't know. That's that's never been determined. But all this information is out there, but it's hard to get a hold of. And it's hard to, to disseminate, to distill down to where to get the information that, that you need because your interest, your uh, wants, needs, and interests are unique to you. You know, are you wanting to elk hunt? And what does that mean? Do you want to just shoot a cow? Do you want to shoot just a bull? Do you want to shoot a branch antler bull? Do you want to shoot a six-point bull? Do you want to shoot a 400-class bull? Those are all different, unique people. And so my dad started this thing called the MRS, which is the Members Research Section. My wife, for the first three years of us married, she thought it was the Mrs. Section. It's not. It's not for the ladies. (laughs) I mean, it could be for the ladies, but it's not specifically for ladies. 
so the MRS, it, it took each state and we broke down uh, and tried to distill that information so that you could consume it and, and come to a logical, um, I guess, idea of what, what is going to work for you and how, how to work. And, and as you transition from a begin hunter to a seasoned hunter, those, those things change constantly. And as you build points and then, and then they, they develop this thing called the point system. So if you don't draw this year, you get two points next year and each state does that differently. Right. Um, there's states like Nevada that you just, you know, you square your points and then there's states like, uh, uh, Idaho where the over the counter, you have to be present to buy it or online at the right time to do it. And then there's states like New Mexico that is completely random, random draw. That's, we don't care. You, it doesn't matter what you did last year. You're, you're just in a random pool this year. So then he built this in the back of the magazine. It was a supplement that only went to the subscribers, the members, it, the stuff on the newsstand didn't get, they didn't get the MRS. Um, and so it's went through a couple changes and when my brother came on board in the 2000, he changed it again and it got, he's, uh, he's an engineer by trade. And so he got very analytical with it and made it, you know, tables and charts and color codes and, you know, blue chips and yellow chips and all this stuff. And then, um, during this digital transition that we had in 2010, 2012, I said, we gotta, we gotta change this. This information has got to be online. And so we've tried a couple versions of that. We worked with, uh, a couple competitors, uh, mapping companies, not competitors of ours, but different mapping companies to, to get those as overlays and layers. And it never really worked because the information, when you hand that information, those code or those charts and stuff to a coder, to somebody that runs databases, their mind gets blown because every state's different. You can't, you can't build one database, one, scenario for all the data because the data is slightly tweaked to slightly different for every state. Well, so we did it on our own with a company um, that could build the maps for us and color code. And then they built, it was called um, tag hub and it was online and it was, it was pretty good for the day, you know, which is scary because it was only like four years, five years ago, but technology changes so fast. Right. So we started, um, working with mapping companies and trying to get it as a layer. Well, what we found Spartan Forge, which I'm sure you're familiar with those guys. Yes, those yes, guys sir. are data, data geeks. I mean, my gosh, the stuff that they use, what they do with whitetail is insane. How yes. they're predicting movements and all that, all that stuff. And it came, they came from the military. Those guys were doing this with terrorists for decades. Yep. Well, terrorists, not much different than a whitetail. In, or mule deer or elk or whatever. And so we got together with them and we were able to use their skills and they're able to use our data. And we came and it's been a year in the making, almost to the exact day. In fact, those guys are coming out here uh, next week to sit down with us and talk about what the next step is. Wonderful. But it's taken almost a year to build this, but it is layers in their mop mapping software. You can upgrade your subscription um, to an Eastman's tag hub, uh, elite membership. And so if you want to hunt out West, you can, you can sort the data and you can put layers on it and it color codes, you know, certain areas and in, in each one of the States, it's unbelievable. It is, it is very intuitive and the ability to save your searches. So you go, okay, I, I disseminated all this information down. I save it and call it, you know, Ike's 
Wyoming elk strategies. And then I do it again, two years, you know, two years goes down the road and I finally draw it. I can go back to that search and, and see, okay, what was I thinking back there? You know, I did all that information. It's not gone. They, so they have that. They also have a ton of really neat stuff that's coming down the pipe. I'm sure you're aware of it, but neat, neat stuff. Um, and so we were able to work with them. It's just launching now. We soft launched it with our elite members um, to find some of the bugs because you always find bugs in it. And it will be, you know, full on by the middle of July. It's going to be full on mobile ready. You know, you'll be able to clip down the highway, click on your Eastman Tag Hub layer and see what area you're driving by for antelope. And if you have enough points to draw it. That's wonderful. So, yeah, it's just it's just helping hunters become better hunters and giving them the information they need to for them to take that trophy of a lifetime and having an unbelievable experience. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that saves the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You have deer prediction, journaling, and the best maps on any hunting app platform there is. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20% off your Spartan Forge membership at SpartanForge.ai. It makes things a lot more efficient. Yes. And and like for someone like myself or anybody that is debating on, like I said, I have friends that are diehards. They usually go out every year or they rack up a lot of points for every year to, to go for that, you know, special mem- uh, hunt that they want to do in the next couple of years. I mean, they have spreadsheets, Ike, they got it all, yeah. right? Like they yeah. have, they have that process and this kind of will help simplify things and keep things in, in that location. But like you said, like I was messing around with it earlier of just the area that I've, I went to, right. Just seeing how, yeah. what it looks like. And it's, it's some really cool things. And, and I just like though, that it's like a one-stop shop for, you know, being able to learn, listen, watch, and then kind of uh, apply things on that physical map. So it's it's kind of like a, a nice central hub to like grow as a hunter and learn. Yeah. Uh, even if even if you know next year or this year is not the year you plan on going, but even two years from now, you could be a student of the game to you know right. be, pre- be prepared for for your trip. And and it also has things in there. If you're an elite member of Tag Hub, um, it has things in there so that it, say two years down the road you draw that deer tag that you you know that mule deer tag you've been waiting for. We have an online mule deer course, so it's A to Z how to hunt mule deer. And we, we talked to you know Guy and Dan and Brian do an amazing job. I'm even in there. I'm, I, I don't know. <laughs> what I don't have a lot of information in there, but they, they talk a, a ton of stuff on like where to glass the gear that you should use. Um, you know, the, the strategy on stocking and rack bracketing. So you, when you get there, when you get that tag that you've been waiting for, you have all the tools necessary yep. to actually make that a successful hunt. We do, you know, as an elite member, you get a ton of blog content that we're putting producing every week on stuff that only they get. We're doing, you know, all of our, our video content, they get a month early so they can watch, you know, the beyond the grids that most that aren't going to come out on YouTube until July, August, they've been, they can watch them now. Right. So they, they get, you know, the behind the scenes VIP pass, if you will, um, to all the stuff that we're doing and all the information that we're doing, um, you know, we're, it's not just deer. It's not just antelope or elk. It's, it's everything out West. And so it just gives you the shortcut. So you can, you can, I always, you can flatten that learning curve, if you will. Absolutely. And I'm looking even like this, I'm 
What's funny is I'm looking at the projected application deadlines and everything along those lines that you have on there. So like for someone like me, that is, again, my, my, I mentioned Tom, Tom will send me a text message. Hey, if you want to get that point, get it in now because you have until next blank, right? You have until next Thursday to get that in dude. So you have that also on, on there. So it's just, I don't know. Like I said, it's like a one-stop shop. It's a, I mean, a hub, like tag hub just kind of makes so super makes super sense because that's what's, that's what it is. Yeah. And it, it, you set your up, shut up, you set up your account and which is really easy. And then you start putting your points in there for whatever States. And it, the, the power behind it is it has their, their data is a, able to disseminate. Okay. You have six elk points in Wyoming and you can literally radio button click go what areas, which hunting areas in Wyoming can I, draw right now with my six points or what, you know, how many points do I need to draw this area? And it, and it just, it's one place. Plus then it'll send you push notifications say, Hey, the Wyoming application deadline is in two weeks. Make sure you get your application. Then it does it again when it's one week out and then it does it again on the day so that you don't miss it because most of these States will allow you to miss it once, but you miss it twice. You lose all your points and that could be, 10 years, 20 years worth of point building that you lost overnight. Yeah. I just like, I'm looking at it here right now, messing around as, as we're talking and, you know, Utah, I, I, I'll put in, uh, you could put in for your species, Rocky mountain elk, any, any deer. So I put in any deer right there. And then I could put the season of archery, muzzleloader, any weapon short range. And I, I put archery, you could put your trophy potential, excellent, good, marginal, poor. And then you have, your percentage of public land, three-year success rate. I mean, your draw odds. And then like you just said earlier, like, so right now, all those things that I punched in or where my setting bars are at, it has 19 hunt, nineteen hunts meet your requirements. So I can go over and I could look at where those potential opportunities would be for me. And then it tells me how much public land, X, Y, and Z. And then like you said, Ike, that no save sessions yet because obviously I'm just starting to work on it right now, but you have all that stuff built in there, man. That's pretty sweet. I like it. Yeah. It's, it's a leg up. That's for sure. Yeah. I like it a lot. So, and then now you, you mentioned about, you know, listeners being able to, to watch your beyond the grid. So that's going to be, you said coming out here soon in in July. So some pretty cool hunts on, on that for this upcoming season. Yeah. So we did, um, so beyond the grid is our YouTube, uh, online series. We also have Eastman's hunting TV, which is on the linear channel, the outdoor channel. Um, and they're different hunts, of course, beyond the grid. We have some really cool elk hunts coming out. Uh, Dan, my, my, one of my bow guys, uh, kills a giant bull here in Wyoming, DIY public land, like 380 something, 385, I think. Um, and it's on horseback and it's just an epic adventure, just an unbelievable adventure into, into grizzly infested. They, they lose some of the meat to a bear and bear harasses them all night and it's just crazy (laughs) stuff. Um, I did an elk hunt, uh, that, that was in Wyoming. If you draw a certain tag, most of the tags are this way, but you can hunt archery first in September and then come, if you don't get anything there, you can come back with a rifle. And so I hunted, I don't know, three weeks, uh, on my elk tag, two of them were archery and I had some unbelievable misses. I, I missed this bull, Jeremy at eight yards, eight yards. 
because I thought he was 30 <laughs> and I got all nervous and crazy. And he, Dan called, did a beautiful job calling him in. He came in from like, I don't know, two miles away down this Ridge. And it was just unbelievable heart stopping. Yeah. yeah. And then I missed him, which, you know, Dan's like, Oh, that happens. I was just sick. Absolutely sick. But there's that hunt. Um, I ended up taking a really nice bull with my rifle um, there's a couple antelope hunts, uh, Brian Barney, host of Eastman's Elevated. He does a, a cool hunt in, in Nevada where he, it's a mule deer, high country mule deer hunt where they, they, as he calls it, grind it out for 10 days and just, you know, hard, hard work, but it pays off. Um, yeah, so there's, there's a ton of, of good hunts. We did, we did a unique one, uh, where we partnered with wingmen, and uh, Todd and Brandon went to Northern Alberta and they hunt, you hunt waterfowl in the morning and then you hunt black bears in the evening, spot and stock. These arguably the largest black bears in North America are up there Absolutely. and they're just toads. Yeah. So those, you know, those types of adventures. That's awesome. That's exciting. And you have, obviously you have your podcast, you know, how's yep. that been going? What, what are, you know, that's another <laughs> An, another piece of the meat on your plate that you're, you know, yep. golfing. So how's that been going for you with things you're enjoying? And, and, uh, like you said, I, for me, I love talking to people and, and I, it's funny because on one of the episodes that I'll have coming out soon, I, at the end of it, I was like, man, I, I, the, the guest thanked, thanked me for coming on. And we were just kind of, he said, he, you know, he listened to the podcast. So it was really cool. Like just to be part of it. And I was thanking, and I said, you know, I apologize for people that, I know uh, being an educator, I, there's 10 different ways you could skin a cat, right? There's 10, yeah. there's a million ways you could kill an elk, kill a whitetail, you know, all this other stuff. And there's just so many different ways. And I said, I just like hearing your way, like whoever yeah. is on the other side that yeah. I'm talking to. I said, so I apologize if you hear me talk about scrape hunting. I know there's a certain amount of ways and it's not gurgitated, but there's just so much. So I just love, enjoy talking with individuals about hunting outdoors life you know business whatever so what you know how are you enjoying your time uh being the host and and going from there with it yeah so i was a little apprehensive uh to do it uh initially just because i'm like what 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 could i talk about and so i once again i never started anything without doing a little research and talking to people and so i started talking to people that are in my circles um that are really interesting and it occurred to me that if i'm interested in their conversation and their story if i'm interested in you know what they are an expert at if i'm interested in why they hunt other people would be too so so the eastman's podcast edition i talked to really neat people everybody everything from congressman to rich froning who was who was the crossfit Absolutely. guru to uh, glenn eberly who's who is in my opinion one of the most interesting men in the world he was an olympian he was a, a, U, a u.s air force pilot he was a united airlines pilot and he started a really badass back backpacking company um all of those things and you know, so I just sit down with them. Like Glenn, I sat down with him in, in his office and we talked for an hour and a half and, and I got to, you know, hear stories. I've known Glenn for 15 years and he told me probably five or six stories I'd never heard before That's awesome. about how he flew in top gun. He, to, he flew the A-10 the a, uh, in against top gun and, and how an epic failure that was, <laughs> but just really, really neat stories. And, and then, you know, I get to not only, talk to them about their story, but you get to find out what, what 
I can learn from them what they're an expert at, which he is an expert at a ton of stuff and why he hunts and what he's the most interesting question I asked them not only is, okay, why do you hunt? But is what are you going to be thinking about on your deathbed? And it always draws people back to go, well, and then they'll go into some unbelievable deal. I, I sat down with Adam Weatherby uh, and we had a conversation about the history of Weatherby and then who Adam was. And that question, I was blown away with his answer on that. Absolutely blown away. So those are, you know, those are the types of things that, that I get to do, not only talk with really neat people and really interesting people, but share it with, with an audience that really appreciates you know, just a genuine conversation like you and I are having. Yeah. Excellent. A- absolutely. That, and I couldn't agree more. That is the one piece that I originally early on and it still holds true. I mean, like I said, I, I mean, I, this is three and a half years been doing this now. And if I have an opportunity where I could disconnect and I know I'm connected to online and we're visually doing this on, right. on the computer, but at the same time, it's this conversation that, you know, I, I, it holds true that I love, just getting a chance to, to do this and, and learn and grow, whether it's as a hunter or as a husband or as a father and as a friend mm-hmm. individual, I just love it. It's a great opportunity to just meet new people. And, uh, I'm, I'm pumped. Cause like you said, you have, you, you name drop some good ones. You had Snyder on there, you had Glover on there. You have some really yep. great guests. So, and you know, successful at what they're doing. Yep. And, and you're right. This is, this is an opportunity to talk to people that you and I probably would have never crossed paths. Well, Ever. And we would have never had a conversation like this on it intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's fun. Pretty, it's pretty awesome. Well, kind of to wrap things up, um, with, with everything, I, you know, we just mentioned some three awesome things of what you got going on right now with, with, with everything. What are your goals for Eastman's when it comes to these next couple of years? Like, you know, what's next basically in, in better terms. Um, it's going to be more of the same. I won't, you know, I always say the growth in our company has to do with just making hunters better hunters. And so we're just going to find out more, find more ways to do that. You know, we have this mule deer course, which is kind of new for us. Um, and, and there's probably going to be an elk course. Pretty sure there's going to be elk course coming (laughs) down the pipe. Um, there's going to be some more online. We have an idea for another online video series. You know, and and we're also partnering with some conservation organizations uh, to get their message out and to help them do what they do better. Uh, Elk Foundation is one of them. The Mule Deer Foundation is another one. Um, we always do stuff with the sheep foundation. There's a, my grandfather was really into sheep and, and, um, there's actually a Gordon Eastman award, um, there. And, and so there's, you know, just more of the same, uh, and it's, and it's going to change and adjust and, and, and always love hearing success stories where guys are like, man, I used your tag hub 2.0 and I drew that tag and I went there and look at the, you know, look at the elk or look at the deer I was able to, to take and bring home. It's just unbelievable. Plus if you're a tag hub member, you get put in for six hunts and you get to go hunting with us, which that's, yeah. that's a bonus, yeah, right? That's pretty freaking sweet. No, man, that's awesome. Well, like, what do you have, what do you personally are looking forward to for this upcoming fall for some hunts? What What are ones that maybe, did you pull that coveted tag that you've been wanting? So Wyoming, our draw for residents, well, residents for all species or for elk, deer, and antelope, our draw results don't come out until around the 20th of June. Um, non-residents, it, it's just deer and antelope that come out that time for you guys. But 
so we'll see. Um, I got I got my name in the hat for a really nice deer deer tag, a coveted deer tag, and my name in the hat for an elk tag that is easier to draw. But uh, and I've had it for a couple times. I've actually the first elk tag I ever drew was in this area when I was fourteen. Was, um, back then, you had to be fourteen to hunt, and so I'm really hopeful for that one. It's a lot of fun because you get to archery hunt and you get to rifle hunt, and the season's really long. It's the whole month of September, and nice. then there's like three weeks in October that I can hunt, which is really good for my schedule because I, like I said, we give away those six hunts to uh, elite members. Well. I get to go on those hunts, which is a lot of fun, but it's usually right during the peak time of when I should be in the field for yeah. myself, but <laughs> it's a toss up, but I'd rather do that. Well, last year we took a, uh, we took an Amish guy. We drew out of, out of the hat. We drew an Amish guy to go on a hunt in Colorado, which there's some challenges cause he couldn't, he couldn't have his face on camera. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. It was a great opportunity for us to, to, uh, be able to, to, you know, learn about the Amish community and yeah. that lifestyle and which is, was unbeknownst to me. So yeah. it, I'll take the, I'll take those hunts over, you know, me being in, in the field prime time for my elk. That's awesome, Mike. Well, where could people follow along with what you got yeah. going on this upcoming fall? And, and obviously your podcast will plug that when the, when do episodes drop and all that good stuff. Yep. So it's my episodes drop every other week. I have one, um, uh, every other week for the whole year, I'm hoping to get a couple extra bonus, uh, bonus ones this year. Um, Ike Eastman, you know, it's Ike Eastman at Facebook, Instagram. Um, also the, the, you know, web, our main website, Eastman's.com. You can find everything there, uh, beyond the grid, our YouTube channels, Eastman's hunting journals, uh, our, our Facebook and Instagram on Eastman's is just Eastman's hunting journals. It's flagship magazine's got to be the flagship of everything else. Right. So, Yeah. So that's, that's where you can find us. Check us out. It's, it's, uh, we're doing a lot of cool things if you're into Western hunting at all. That's awesome, Mike. Well, it's been a great pleasure speaking with you. Really? Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks again, everybody for tuning in. Go check out what Ike and his whole crew, his podcast on, on, on his, basically, I'm going to say a little mini network that you have going on. (laughs) So go check them out. Some really cool things. And, uh, we'll see you next week. Aunt Laura. And that's a wrap for this week's episode of the Antler Up podcast. Thank you, Ike, again for coming on so much. Greatly appreciate it. Everybody, make sure you go check out that Tag Hub 2.0. Also, if you like what you heard, go leave that five-star review on iTunes. Leave that written review on there as well. It helps me out as well as on Spotify. Thanks again, everybody, for all the support. Next week, we have a really fun conversation. We got Jake Vernon on the podcast. Another PA guy got a son uh, into archery. And we just have a blast talking some whitetail stuff. So be on the lookout for that one next week. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Have a great upcoming 4th of July. Antler up.